Not from Hong Kong, but we are coming from Chicago and the city of Stoke-on-Trent. This is the Classic Lenses Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 88. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Johnny Sisson. Hello, Johnny. Oh, hello there. How are you, Simon? I'm very well. I'm very well indeed. Very but good. Our, our keen-eared listeners uh, will, will note there that uh, we seem to be lacking somebody on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to let, let our listeners know that uh, we had a discussion after last week's show. And after um, Perry taking out his frustrations on our mild-mannered guest, uh, Graham Jago, uh, on last week's show talking about street photography, we decided that it would be best if we would send him on vacation, um, all expenses paid using coffee donations to Okinawa for a week. So uh, just to give him an opportunity to calm down. Yes. Yes, so he's in the lovely island of Okinawa, uh, of which... Barry and I had a long discussion of how odd that sounds to an American, but that's okay. I, I, that was mostly a joke, but it's not the first thing that comes to mind when you say Okinawa to an American. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Island I, I, paradise. No, I, I guess not. Um, but having having uh, arranged this, this this break for him, um, we then got into a discussion about what was actually going to happen on this week's show, and he sent us a list of demands. Uh, yeah, you, you you have those demands. Yeah, I I do. So uh, th- there are things that Perry uh, requested slash demanded that we not talk about, of course, because you know we can't we can't uh, have any fun without him and not have his input on these things. So um, a few things that we will not get into, which means we'll probably talk about them a lot. Uh, do not have a guest on that I wish to talk with. <laughs> Do not talk about Topcon lenses. Keep LTM lens discussion to a minimum. Street photography discussions can only be positive. And I think there was a like after every sentence there as well, wasn't there? Yeah, what was the, what was the like for? Because he says that every time. Every, it's been pointed out to us. That's, that's, that goes with almost every sentence he says. <laughs> Oh, now I get the joke. Ah, there you go. I didn't get it, so I can I can read it again properly, <laughs> <laughs> properly with the like after at the end. Yeah, I think I think explaining the joke uh, after the event is probably not a good idea. So, it, I yeah. I didn't I didn't get the joke, so if no. it went over my head, that it probably would have. Well, there you. Well, go. but that's not true. That's because I'm an idiot. But yeah. uh, everybody else probably would have gotten the joke. I just didn't get the joke. Yeah. So I ruined it for everybody. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, we'll 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 live. Um, <laughs> so another disappointing episode off to a flying start. Classic yeah. Lenses podcast listeners, because we know you love the last episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I think that having having looked at the list. Um, I think that leads me only into one direction where I can actually take the whole, the entire show now, and that's um, what's the weather like in Chicago, Jim? <laughs> well, it is uh, it it is sunny here again this morning. It's been quite heavily rainy uh, most of the week and coolish, but it is it is uh, sunny and lovely right now, and about fifty three degrees, which I am very happy. This is the weather that I have been waiting for for months during interminable summer, which I can't stand. It's, you know, it gets 
barely not quite to 70 degrees and it's not humid. And I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I'm very happy with the transition to winter. So, yeah. well, it's just, it's just gray here today. Um, I mean, we've had some, we've had some decent weather with, with, uh, breaking cloud and things like that. I mean, it's, it's summer's certainly gone. It's we're yep. definitely in autumn here or, or fall over there. Um, but at the moment it's just gray and, um, yeah. and I'm thinking, mm, this is the time of the year for the next few months where gray is it. So, uh, it could be a matter of like spying your chances to actually get out there and whenever yeah. that, that cloud breaks to do something with it. Oh, that's tough. That, I always, I always envisioned myself living in the Pacific Northwest. Like I'd probably, I'd probably love it there. But then it's like it's gray all in raining all the time, and I, I would like I would go crazy. I would never want to take any pictures of anything because I, I, I need sunlight. So yeah, that I, that would be a challenge, Simon. Yeah. You're in the gray zone. Yeah, we certainly are. Yeah. So. Uh, let's talk about what have you been up to this week, Johnny? Oh, me. We're starting with me. I, okay. I, um, well, yesterday was my big photo day. I didn't really, uh, because of aforementioned raininess, uh, I didn't really get to do much of anything, um, this week during the week, which I, I don't usually anyway, except walk around with the camera during my lunch break. Um, uh, but yesterday I did. Uh, I had an early morning outing. You know, as a as a young man, sometimes we'll find that he's not at home on a Saturday morning. Well, in this case, a Sunday morning. Uh, I took that opportunity to uh, to make a little ride about in the city uh, to a couple of spots where I, I had I've had this bug up my ass here the past couple of weeks that I need to spend more time. Uh, looking for projectile points. And by that, I don't mean spent bullets. I mean uh, archaic, you know, um, Native American projectile points slash arrowheads because I have one. And I, I've always wanted to find another. Um, so I've had this idea in my head that I, I want to go to some places where I might be able to find them. And oddly enough, there are some places in the city where in theory that would be possible. Um so I, I I I went to a couple of spots, thinking they're knowing that they are on the location where there were Native American settlements of large proportion back at some point in time. But of course, it's you know I, that wasn't going to happen. But I, it was a fun adventure, <clears throat> and in the process of doing that, uh, I saw a deer here in the city. <laughs> like I looked up, and it was like ten feet from me. Uh, which doesn't happen all the time in the city. Um, we did have the infamous Boys Town Petting Zoo event a few years ago. So, <laughs> so um, w in which there was a a a a, a doe, a deer, a three legged deer. No, how does that go? A doe, a deer, a, <laughs> a female deer, a female deer, not a three legged deer. I couldn't get, I couldn't <laughs> get a three legged three, deer. Not a three deer. I don't know why I think three legged deer, but it's female deer. It anyway, works. there was a yeah. <laughs> There was a a bow a, a a doe with a fawn, um in a in a just in a in a lot in a in a you know a side yard in Boys Town and you know it was like the Boys Town petting zoo because everybody was streaming by to look at the the deer and the fawn um, 
<laughs> so so but but we don't we don't necessarily get a lot of deer in the city. I mean there's some, but this was you know relatively in the heart-ish of the city <laughs> in in an area in a wooded area. So um so that was kind of interesting. And and then and then I I saw a walking stick and by this Simon said, You mean like a cane? And I said, No, I mean like the insect. Um which apparently they don't have in the UK, correct, Simon? Correct. You know of them, but you don't okay. So so I actually posted the a picture of this thing um on Instagram and it's it's literally, you know, it's an insect that looks like a twig. Uh, and it's about four or five or six inches long with big antennas and goofy legs. It looks quite, it looks kind of like uh, it could have been a character out of one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Like, you know how they had the trees that walked around? It looks like it could have been like a character in, the, in those movies. That's how goofy looking they are. But they're really cool. I haven't seen one since I was a kid. I saw one once. And I have not seen one since. So it seemed like it was a really one of those, you know, very interesting mornings where things kind of come together for some reason. So wait, where did you uh, post that picture? That, that, did you say Instagram just? I, I put it on the Instagram story on my Insta- ah, my story right. so thing. I'm, so I'm on, on your Instagram. page and obviously there are plenty of pigeons there. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. Can't, I can't see stick insects. No. Yeah, no, but no no deer, no stick insects. Uh, so no, I put it as, as, a, as a story on my Instagram, which I think is still there. See, I, I can't I, remember how that works. I haven't got my head around Instagram stories. I, I've, never, I've never done one, and I, I rarely um, read stroke watch, watch them. I don't, I don't really see the point of them. Well, it's. I think it's meant to be. They tend to be more, you know. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't know how everybody uses them, but I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, to me, it seems like they. You, they're sort of like these moments that are a lot of times videos and like little mini commentaries or little interesting. There are things that you don't maybe don't necessarily want to put in your feed, which is more like a curated, you know, experience, right? Um, so. At the you know on the, if you're on the mobile you get that list of uh, at the top that li- that row of people's um, icons mm. and those are all stories so if you click on those you're gonna see someone's you know little story whatever that is and it's just a little snippet that lasts for a few seconds. I think that's that's a bit I don't like because it, it lasts for about thirty seconds I think and I know you can stop it as well just by yeah um, touching the, the the thing but. I don't know. It just 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 never it's just never appealed to me for some reason. Well, you're not maybe the target demographic <clears throat> also no. for Instagram. Either am I, honestly, but um but I so anyway, I you know, I only put as as you said, Simon, I only put pictures of pigeons and stuff in my Instagram feed. So if I have something I want to share, I put it in the story bit so that I can, you know, so I can put it out there. So anyway, it's it if you I guess if you find my little system photography um, icon thingy, you'll see my walking stick story. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was fun. So I had a nice little ride about uh, yesterday yesterday morning, um, and you know all these kind of hit hit up these little spots along the north branch branch of the chicago river where it you know it's just wooded 
little bike paths, walking paths, that sort of thing. So I had a very nice morning and I, I did take some uh, photos with, I had the blue Bessa with me. So I took some blue Bessa, Batman blue Bessa photos. Um, I didn't have my, I'm kind of disappointed. I, I had also with me, I had my um, Fuji X100S and went to take a photo. And of course I had no memory card in it because it's a stupid effing digital camera. <laughs> so no memory. So I was like, well, well, not going to do that. <laughs> and then went back to using the blue Bessa. Uh, and, but I, I a little disappointed that I did not have a panoramic format camera with me because my, my little adventure started within the confines of a large uh, cemetery. And I could have taken some very good, interesting photos in there. Well, not probably not interesting, but interesting to me photos in there um so uh yes i didn't have my any i didn't have it well i had the the pocket panavision pocket panavision camera and i did get a couple shots with that but i didn't have a proper Hmm. camera with a proper lens on it to do any you know panoramic stuff just to Something just to, well, not occurred to me. I've been thinking about it while you've been saying this because I'm, I'm still trying to, I'm still got a, a bit of a problem with deer in, in the middle of Chicago. So this, <laughs> this, this wilderness stroke, old Indian burial ground and all this kind of stuff, just from, from downtown Chicago, just what, what kind of distance are you talking about to get to this kind of place? Uh, uh, that would be about seven miles. I'm okay. guessing. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, five five miles ish. Mm. No, no, actually it would be more like seven because of where I was. Yeah. So maybe like seven miles. Mm. Um but I mean it but here's here's the here's the, the thing is that the reason that the deer was there is that it it's not far from the Chicago from the north branch of the Chicago River, which runs, you know, through the city and then up north of the city so you've got this little that's the green river isn't it yeah right right so it's this little beltway of you know i mean it's it's a river so along the edge you've got a a bit of a bit of green right so animals travel through the city um you know along i was thinking about saint patrick's day by the way yeah that's this no same same river just much further up yeah um so so there's that and then also there's a train line right there so the deer travel you know in and out of the city along the train line because the train line also along the edges has a you know uh green some you know some 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 green wildness left um so there's sort of like highways for things like deer and coyotes we get coyotes as well in the city that travel you know through these kind of little natural corridors from the river and from the uh, train lines so it's not un it's not unheard of uh to see you know animals as such like that in the city um it's just still a little surprising when you actually see them in the you know middle of the day so, um, so if you if you wanted to if you're minded to do wildlife photography even though it's in the city um, yeah could you have a if you went out and you were equipped to do it could you have a would you stand a oh, reasonable chance of actually you, getting yes. something interesting yeah yes As, especially especially birds because chicago um you know you, you look at the geography of the united states and you have a couple of really key features one is the mississippi river which travels straight up the center of the country and then you have the great lakes which travel sort of 
horizontally straight over from the Atlantic Ocean, right? So you have like kind of these two big natural features. And Chicago is situated along essentially both of those features. So, you know, birds migrating from South America fly up, you know, through Mexico, through up the middle of the U.S., and then the, the lake is right there. So Chicago is in a natural flyway for migrating birds. So we have an incredible variety of birds migrating through the city. And so birders, um, there's some amazing bird photography that gets done here in the city. And one in particular, which um, I'll, I'll pull a link for this in the show notes, is uh, the snowy owls. Because when the, um, the former mayor, so, <laughs> so we used to have a little airport uh, situated basically in downtown, right on the lakefront. It was a little private airport that, you know, private people would have their private planes at. So as you can imagine, this was a, um, a, a sort of thing for the wealthy, right? They had their own little airport right downtown along the lakefront. And in the middle of the night, one night, the uh, former mayor decides he's going to bulldoze that and turn it into a nature preserve. So literally in the middle of the night, the bulldozers came out, <laughs> pushed the runway off to the side and like leveled the airport. Uh, so we have right, like literally right adjacent to downtown, uh, kind of sticking out into the lakefront. We have this, you know, it's not gigantic, but it's probably a hundred acres or so of, of land that's now nature preserve. And the, the snowy owls land there in the winter. Um, and there's some amazing photos of these these snowy owls uh, in in Chicago, and and there's just a, there's a couple of other really nice bird sanctuary spots situated along the lakeshore um, where people do bird photography. So now you can actually for birders, it's actually uh, quite a you know quite a good good spot to to be able to do that in the city proper. But it's 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 you know it's still relatively rare to come across you know, somewhat solitary animals like deer wandering around. So, I mean, you can certainly imagine the, the, you know, the, the juxtaposition of, uh, of, a, of a, you know, a relatively large animal that, that looking completely yeah. out of place in, right. in, in the city scene. I, 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 I yeah. Like the idea of that. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't, they always don't always get photographed. There was famously a, uh, a coyote that, that walked into a, cafe downtown on, on like Michigan Avenue, just kind of wandered in the front door back a few years ago. So things like that do happen. Um, and coyotes in the city. I mean, it's really, I, I've seen some really neat documentaries about that. They're like all over in the city and they're very good at being unseen and inconspicuous. So, you know, they, they've, they've done these things where they, um, you know, they, they put tracking collars on, on coyotes and stuff and they, and they, you know, diagram their range and everything. And they're like right there. They're like right near people all the time and people don't see them. So, so that, yeah, the stuff is out there. Um, you know, most of the wildlife I see in Chicago are rats, uh, <laughs> sometimes really big rats, <laughs> but that's, Rats you know, so yeah, rats and pigeons. So deer, deer, deer. Uh, seeing deer is a bit unusual. Um, you know, different from your your usual rat and or pigeon yeah. uh, sightings. I could probably do. I could. I could probably do. I could probably become 
Chicago's premier rat photographer. I hadn't thought of that, Simon, until just now. Thank you very much. But I probably could do that. And I bet there would be a really good Malort tie-in. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Jepson's Malort, the unoffic unofficial. Or is it the, not official yet? Is it still unofficial? The, uh, the, the, uh, I, well, I got to pull up my notes, but it's basically Jepson's Malort, sponsor or not sponsor of Classic Lenses Podcast. <laughs> But this would be a great one. I mean, Jepson, it, Chicago Rat Photography, sponsored by Jepson's Malort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would work. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was my big morning of wildlife photography yesterday, uh, which was definitely my photographic highlight of the week. Okay. Any any other events happening? Anything you picked up or anything like that? Oh boy, what did I pick up? I feel like there are well, um I did pick up from Mr. uh Lucas Frazy. He has not yet deposited said item into the post. Um but Lucas is in a phase right now where he's like, I don't want to take pictures, I don't want any cameras, I'm gonna get rid of everything. Um, which I think he does from time to time and then regrets it horribly later. Uh, so so I don't know if Lucas has already sold off everything he owns only to some sometime in the future go back and decide he needs to buy it all back. But I did buy from him because I have been looking for one for, for quite a while. Um, I did buy his Canon P from him, which he recently got from Japan and tested it out. And then for whatever reason, I still don't know why he decided that he doesn't really want it. So I bought his Canon P from him. So that will be coming on the way. Um, I, I've I've wanted to have a second, you know, second copy of the Canon P for a long time um, because oh, it's right. I, was, yeah. I, I thought you already had one, so I was thinking like you wanted like a second spare. I thought that's yeah, right, because it's you know my my theory is if you find something that works really really well camera wise right now, classic camera slash lens wise, you know just go ahead and get another one because they're not going to make more and they're only going to get more expensive to repair. So, it, and the Canon P's are still relatively inexpensive. Um, so yeah, I figured what the hell I, he had one he offered. I, you know, wasn't, it wasn't a lot. He just wanted to get his money back out of it. So, um, so yeah, I have a Canon P that will be coming from, um, from Virginia, from Lucas and, that will be cool, and I'll put it up on my on my shelf, and there it will sit. <laughs> cool, cool. Talk, talk yeah. to, I was going to say, talking to cannons that you that you want. I, I'm, I think I want either, and perhaps you might uh, give me a, a. I think I already know what your answer is, actually, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, ah, right. Um, and I've I've for, for whatever reason. All of my macro lenses, all of my classic macro lenses, and I have four of them, I think. Um, so that's a Vivitar 55 1.2, a Vivitar 90 2.5, the Bikina one there by Takina. Yeah, right. Um, I'm actually selling a 92.8. And, oh, yeah, I've got the Kiron. I've got the Kiron 105, which is... Uh, Lester Dine over in, in your neck of the woods. Oh yeah, right. Uh, uh, which is a really good lens. That's um, one. That's one to one. Um, and I've got the Canon FD 
200 f4 macro which i've mentioned on the show a few times and i think that's one of the best lenses i've ever used yeah um incredible lens um and they were all they were all left mount every single macro lens really so, yeah that's that's crazy huh yeah so uh, that that makes me think i you know i i probably need a an fd camera to work them on and i i've used the a1 and i really didn't like it i couldn't get on yeah. with the a1 at all um, yeah just not intuitive no um, i agree completely I, i've got a, a soft spot and i feel bad for it uh, but i have a soft spot for the ae one uh, because i feel yeah. like i shouldn't like it but i do <laughs> <laughs> and uh but I, I want i think i want either uh a late um, and I get confused now whether it's F, F1N or new F1, um, but I know it's not just the F1, um, but it's whatever the last one was. Um, yeah, that's like the F1N. Yeah. Alternatively, a T90. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would. Uh, well, uh, let me pull up my Canon page. So I, because I get confused with my brain is not. Uh, Canon Camera Museum. <laughs> and I do this so often that it comes right up, doesn't it? Um, so the T90, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I would have thought you were going to say the uh, – crap, hold on a second. I'm going to – I'm going to the camera hall, and I'm going to film cameras, and I'm going to go to – and of course, it brings me up all of the digital cameras. Yeah, that's what's helpful. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just scrolling down. I, I thought you were going to say not the T90, but the other one. And why am I spacing on the? I'm going to find it, so folks. I'm, I'm struggling to think what the other one is after the ones I've just been talking about. Camera call film cameras. Yeah. EOS, why is it not just showing? Oh, F. Okay. Duh. Okay. I thought you were going to say um, the. Oh, no. I know why. Because I was. Because it's a freaking EOS. That's why. I'm being. Because it's not a. And it's it's an EOS. You're thinking about, you're thinking about the one N or one V or something like that. No, I might even think. I th uh, uh, hold on, I'll find it. Now I'm back in the main menu. Jesus, what an idiot! Um, <laughs> film cameras EOS. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go way back to the start. No, wait. It is. It's not an EOS, is it? You're talking about the T90. Yeah, it's an FD lens. No, camera, okay. Sorry. We yeah. yeah, no no no. I am thinking I'm just picturing the I'm I'm picturing the T90 and I I'm still picturing that piece of crap T50 because it doesn't look like that at all. No. And and I I always think it's oh it's not even a T camera. It's, you know. I I think it was been like the Terminator uh, camera. Because it was so radically that, different when it first came out. Yeah, no, the T the T ninety is the one I was gonna say. It's just it 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 looks so different than like the T fifty and the T seventy that I I got confused for a second. But no, the T ninety I I was gonna say, I if I would get the T ninety. I would not bother with the stupid uh, new F one because if you didn't like the A one, I don't know how you would possibly like the F one. 
Well, be, I've, well, I've held an I've held a new F one. It was it was broken. Okay. And, uh, you know, so it, and it was beyond repair. Well, perhaps you, you, it could have been restored. All so I sold it for parts in the end. So yeah. It's certainly going to be uneconomical to repair it. And the thing had been, you know, it wasn't a case of uh, oh, what a shame that wasn't wasn't working. You look at it and think, I can see why that doesn't work. You know, it's been really hammered. And uh, but I really liked the feel of it. It just felt solid. It felt good. I liked the grip on it, and uh, it just it just 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 felt felt right. Um, but I know that when we were talking about it a good while ago, you were saying about the original F1 being just about the yeah. one that you actually liked. Yeah, yeah, the original F1. So they, yeah, the original F1 is the one I would personally would go to. Um, yeah, the FTB is nice. It's just I, I don't. The, the original F1 is just a, to me is a special, special something really out of the ordinary. Um, and I know there are others that people really like, like the EF, but the EF has a lot of other somewhat not intuitive and annoying features. But the, the F1 is just a simple, bare bones, beautiful, beautiful camera with the, you know, the, the prism on top looks a little bit different than most of the other cannons in that line, which I like. Um, so that's, I mean, that would be my choice. I'm not a big fan of the new F1 because I just, again, I, feel like it's like it's it's an a1 with more features and an a1 to me is just annoying yeah but the so. a day one for me just I, I just couldn't work out how to make it switch modes and to to just 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 to work the camera i just i just struggled with it. yeah it's yeah. that's what right and i do that too when i pick it up the first time i'm like wait how do i put it up your priority you know and it and people will say oh it's simple you put it in eight but it doesn't look right it doesn't exactly. look right it looks yeah. it's like wait why am i seeing all these numbers up here <laughs> it doesn't look right yeah <laughs> but where's the 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 f1 or the new f1 it's it just it just looks like it just works like a camera yeah it, it it does more or less that's true mm. Mm. Yeah, it does. Well, there you go. So one one of those two at some point will come into my life, but I I don't really know which one to go for. But I, I guess yeah. I'll just wait for the one that comes along at the right money at the right time, and then see how it right. goes. But you know, I'm always worried about the T90s with their potential reliability because they they seem oh, to be yeah. um, falling over with regularity. Yeah, yeah, they they do. Especially if you put a flash on top of them, they literally fall right over. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there was there. I guess the designer of that camera like just recently passed away, and there were all these homages to him, you know, with his camera designs. So I'm like, really? You put a freaking flash on top of a T90, and it literally falls over. I mean, how hard is it to build into the design that the camera will stand up flat? I mean, it almost falls over just with the lens on it. Sorry, design fail. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't I'm not buying it <laughs> anyway I, I suppose the main point about that camera though it, it set the design language for all cannons it and, um, and certainly did cons to to uh for the for the future and still still doing it now yes that is that is absolutely true yeah yeah, yeah absolutely okay. true right okay so uh Maybe a, a Canon F1 or a, a T90 one day. Um, let's yep. let's uh, just catch up on a couple of things I've been up to this week. Yeah, um, I say this week. It was it was virtually seven days ago now. Uh, after <laughs> finishing recording on this show, um, I then uh, appeared as the guest host 
of the Negative Positives podcast with uh, Mike Gutterman. I was sitting in for Andre Dominguez, who couldn't make it um, because he was going to be way too early for him because uh, Mike was recording the show at an earlier time for him than normal um, to enable him to have Ted Smith uh, on the show. And Ted Smith is somebody that doesn't live a million miles from me. In fact, I ended up uh, meeting up with him and... Uh, and going out with uh, Mikel Tekel, a uh, friend of mine, and uh, in the Peak District with our Hasselblads. And uh, after that, we had a good good chat on the show. So uh, it was just, it was really good fun uh, being on with Mike. And um, and it was just, it's 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 always like it's quite interesting when you do a podcast regularly and you go on somebody else's show. It, it's you know how things are, are different and the same. Right. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a good. It's a good experience. I, I enjoy it anyway, and I think the show was uh, was decent. I don't think there were any complaints, <laughs> like like we got. On <laughs> How nice to be on a podcast that isn't doesn't get complaints afterwards. <laughs> exactly, and and I, I I did the first as well because uh, it was much later um, in the day for as, as a recording time, and it's certainly the case that negative positives has got a little bit of a reputation for for the uh, hosts to have a little drink whilst on show uh, using that word whilst um and uh but uh, it was a little bit early for for for, for mike but uh, uh ted had certainly uh, made a good start before we got recording um and uh and i decided that i'd got a bottle of uh, jim bean and which has been in my cupboard for a very long time and i also um, had recently been gifted a bottle of jura single malt um and uh, i i cracked them both open on the show and uh and i've got to say recording while drinking whiskey is it, it, it's it's highly recommended um, uh, unless you're hamish and m and then it just destroys your podcast well they certainly could do yeah <laughs> but but i I, th I think actually what we should do is uh have a have a vote uh, between ourselves and the you know, and, uh, and and Perry um, about the recording time of the show because it, yeah it's still a little bit early for me to be uh, have, having a drink so wait Simon yeah. is it it's afternoon twelve noon correct in your time zone when it we is, do this but okay well there you go <laughs> yeah but I've I've still got family things to happen and all that kind of stuff you know and I might have ah. to go out in the car and stuff so so I reckon. We should do this recording now later in my day, which is also going to be, you know, afternoon for you. And, you know, yes, it will be the middle of the night for Perry, but, you know, <laughs> that, that will enable us to, to have a bit of drink. So should we, should we go with that one? Uh, Two-thirds majority carry that vote, do you think? Um, yeah, we, well, especially since Perry's not here. That seems like a perfect time to vote on things. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, motion carried. Um, okay, so uh, so that's that one, um, and that was that was just really good fun. Uh, and my other event of the week uh, was taking my Kodak Aero Ektar lens a step closer to actually being used, um, because I've I, I bought this lens probably last year, I think it was. Yeah, it was last year, yeah. and the the lens itself uh, just for people that uh, don't know what an aero ektar is in fact i'm going to get it just to make sure i'm getting my facts and figures right it's just a bit don't don't drop it on your foot no <laughs> don't hurt yourself simon <laughs> that's that was the sound of the aero ektar just being placed carefully on the desk. <laughs> I'll, I'll just move it on the desk there you go that's a, it's a well it's not a big beast but it, as in like it's relatively short for the amount of weight that's in it um possibly i don't know if 
radioactivity, uh, radioactive elements actually make lenses heavier or not. I don't know, but this is certainly radioactive. And I, I believe it's actually one of the most radioactive lenses out there. In fact, I'm going to yeah. push it. I'm going to move it a little bit further away from myself. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I always tell people, don't worry about radioactivity as I'm like, it, <laughs> yeah, right. Put yeah. it a distance away that I can still read it. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's like, it's like when everybody went to Michigan to drink the water in Flint. Oh, this water is perfectly safe. <laughs> yes. Um, so this uh, Kodak Aero Ektar, uh, it's a lens that it's a reconnaissance uh, camera lens from, I believe it's the B-29 bomber, uh, U.S. Air Force bomber from World War II. Um, and I've, I've researched the um, serial number on this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's... Um, one of the early early 40s lenses i can't remember which one it is but it's it's definitely a world war ii lens yeah and uh and the the idea well it, you know, it's obviously yeah for whether it be surveillance or uh checking on whatever things were, go, were going on at the time um but the actual focal length of it is 178 millimeters um it's a five by five lens so like four by five but a little bit bigger so it's a large format lens yeah and uh but and this is what makes this lens particularly unusual uh for such a, a large format is it's an f 2.5 lens so there aren't yeah so it's is it is for that format f 2.5 is is going to give you a very very tight depth of field i mean let's face it even on full frame 100 nearly 180 millimeters at 2.5 is going to give you a narrow depth of field but yeah. you put that onto a large format where you've got the extra width of it as well you're not cropping the the whole image um it enables you to get some really really interesting effects plus it's also as far as biotars are concerned it's possibly the daddy i think i'm not sure if there's a longer one that that's uses the same uh, design but uh, this is a biotar so it's 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 a big <laughs> beast of a uh, helios 44 if you like so you know you've got tiny depth of field you've got potential swirly bokeh um you know and it goes on to large format so it's like you know what not, what not to love really yeah it's you you can make you can make your um cliche bokeh photos right there on your large format camera congratulations <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, and I, I put a photograph up um, of this camera of, of the lens uh, next to a camera and we'll come on to that in a moment um and cheyenne morrison uh commented on so uh, so you've got the best portrait lens in the world and you don't take pictures of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a slight issue there, isn't there? But I will. I'm going to see the, all it is. I'm just waiting to get the right kit, and then I'll start taking pictures of people. And you know, yeah. I, Simon, I've worked out though, looking at that photo that you took, that we could perhaps call the baby speed arrow ectar, because uh, you had it on a baby speed graphic. I was thinking, all you need is a focal reducer, just like you would if you were putting it on a uh, digital camera. That, that's that's true. But Aero Ektar focal reducer on a baby speed graphic. It's perfect. That's that that, that does sound good. But there's it, it's uh, well that's that's the first thing. Well, the camera that this is um, most popularly used upon is the uh, the Graflex speed graphic, in particular the four by five version. And mm -hmm. 
uh, I managed to buy the baby one, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a, I mean, it's, it's barely bigger than, uh, it's, it's effective. It's a medium format camera rather than uh, yeah. being a large format camera. In, uh, in fairness, they do look just alike. They, so, they do. They do. Yeah. And, uh, um, imagine my surprise when I opened the box and I saw <laughs> a quarter size speed graphic when in, inside the box. So, um, yeah, yeah, but it looks big in the pictures, and that's all that matters, really, isn't it? Well, that's uh, what they say. <clears throat> yes, um, but it is. But it, you can actually use it on that on that baby speed. But so you, if you if you can manage to free lens, I mean, how heavy is this thing? It must be about two and a half kilos. I don't know what that that is in pounds. Um, but it's a really heavy lens uh, because yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot a, of glass. Yeah, it's like about six or eight pounds. It's a heavy, yeah. heavy beast. Yeah. But the, the, the other part to this story, though, is that, so I bought it a while back and then bought the wrong camera for it. And I also had another problem, and that was it was still mounted in its uh, original mounting to, to go onto this enormous right. camera. Yeah. And, and that was a real problem to me because you, it was designed to be just there's some screws in the bell housing um, that you just unscrew, uh, un, yeah, unscrew the screws and then just unscrew it from the bell housing. That's simple, except, you know, when something's, when you've got metal on metal that's been there for <laughs> 70 years without yeah. being unscrewed, um, that's when you start to have a bit of a problem. And that is exactly what we had with this. <clears throat> and, uh, but uh, I was having a chat at the, I don't know if I've already mentioned this actually, but uh, I've, I've certainly mentioned on, on a podcast somewhere uh, that uh, I met up with uh, Nasir Hamed at the um, Wolverhampton Camera Fair, and we were talking about this lens, and he gave me a tip about how to actually extract the lens from the, the bell house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And uh, it's involved using a method that I couldn't do myself, but I've I I know the uh, very nice chaps at Glebe Engineering in Stoke on Trent, and I I told them about the way that uh, uh, Nasir had uh, had done this, and uh, they had to go and hey presto they got it off. So hey, that's great. It is. It is. So, uh, but I, I I you can you can free lens it on that uh, baby graphic, but. You can just imagine, yeah. you know, you've got a, a camera that is bulky to start off with. Um, for whatever, I also managed to buy one without a, a leather strap on the side, so you can't you can't really hold it one handed anyway. And then, <laughs> and then free lens a, a lens of this weight, um, it's difficult, but it does work. And uh, and when you when you get it in focus, it's it, it does look amazing. Uh, there's no two yeah. ways about it. So, um, but yeah, a. Uh, a, a proper speed graphic will come into my life one day, I'm, I'm sure, and uh, and we can do something with that because it, that's the point. It needs it needs a, something on the nature of a speed graphic or a, an MPP micropress camera uh, that has a focal plane shutter at the rear, just in front of where the <clears throat> where the uh, film holder goes, because most almost all large format cameras have a have a shutter inside the lens. Uh, this doesn't. It was never designed to do that. So you have to put a shutter somewhere else, and the obvious place to put it is just in front of the film plane. Uh, so you have a focal plane shutter, and that's exactly what some of these uh, uh, Graflex cameras have, in particular the Speed Graphics. And my Baby Speed has got one as well. So it, you know, in theory, I could use that. Uh, it's it's just it, yeah, questionable whether it's worth doing it or not with that particular camera. Is uh, yeah. But when I was I was I was looking at uh, some of the pictures on this quite quite recently that people have taken, and I noticed that people have actually been adapting these to the Pentax Six Seven. 
Yeah, that you 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 could do that, and in some ways, it's probably easier to f- deal with focus wise than cutting the board on the uh, even on the speed graphic. Yeah, I mean, you would have to find some kind of enormous focusing helicoid to do it, no doubt. Uh, yes, that would be true. It'd probably be easier, I would think, on like an RB67, because all you'd have to do is get it on the bellows rack there. Um, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. once yeah. you get it on there, you can, you know, focus away. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that. That would make sense. Yeah, I never never thought about it going onto an RB, but yeah, absolutely would. I know that uh, M has got one on his uh, on his Hasselblad. I think he's got uh, yeah, F two thousand though. But that's yeah, uh, that's a, it's a, something that looks like a normal Hasselblad, but it has a focal plane shutter but, on it. Right, well. the, yeah, the older the older one. Right, yeah. so which actually, yeah. we spoke about that on the show when it was our, our yes. guest last year. Y- yes, he did. Yes, he did. So yeah, that's. Uh, Fun times there. I mean, you could you could do all sorts of stuff. And then there's uh, Dora Goodman makes all those custom uh, custom cameras. You could probably have something custom made just to take an Aero Ektar, I'm guessing. Yeah. Like a whole camera body designed around the Aero Ektar. Does she do focal plane shutters, though? Or should you use that from something else? So that's that's, that's the, the limiting factor. It's always the shutter. Yeah. Well, you could get one of those... Um, uh, you could get one of those uh, air air release shutters, Thor- like a you know was it Thor- the Thornton Packard? Yeah, yeah. You could get one of those, but those are. I mean, I, they work. It'd just be a little, be a little funky. Yeah, I've 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 got one with a with a really old camera, and uh, you're sort of like scared to use the thing before it falls apart. And breaks, so. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you need the new air tubes and everything for them. So, yeah. but it would work. Yeah. yeah. No, you're 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 probably right. It would be that would be the problem is that you really do you really do need a focal plane camera shutter. So mm. yeah, the good thing though, the, 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 you can get them up to like a thousandth of a second with the with speed graphics. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, that that's yeah. When you just let's face it, we I would want to shoot wide open. So you know, uh, at 2.5, that's letting in a fair amount of light, isn't it? So yeah. um, having that extra bit of speed could be really, really handy. Well, or an ND filter on the front. Uh, Although it's a big ND, so you're going to, you know. And no and no filter thread either. Yeah. Well, that's that's not that big. That's, that's not impossible to deal with. No. But you're going to need a like a big, big-ass Koken filter or something. That's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah, there's so. ways, ways and means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's 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 my week. Um, so in the in the meantime, we've had quite a few emails, haven't we? Including at least one that we didn't get through the other week. Um, plus, we've also um, we well we announced the winner of the uh, giveaway from the haiku competition. Uh, yeah. But uh, and we've we've had a response to that as well, haven't we? We've had yes, we've had a um, couple of interesting. Post podcast, post haiku, haiku related uh, emails, and and we had a we had a message from Matt Jones, and we'll start there. Um, and Matt says, "Here's something from YouTube from Haiku Master Matt Jones." <laughs> and now I don't I don't know if uh, well I guess he here's something from YouTube. I don't know 
if he was sort of commenting on the haikus as they appeared in the he was he was commenting on the on the on the show uh, yeah that, that was on and he he also um if, if you remember he also uh pulled something he did a screen um grab of, of something that was being oh. said at the time as well oh, that's, oh now it all makes sense yeah he yeah. he did the screen grab of the right the bad uh the bad translation so and what he did is he <coughs> excuse me <coughs> he wrote out um phonetically well he he not phonetically but he broke his haiku into syllables so he went to pains to make sure that it was broken into syllables. And so this, that it was, I was going to say, and this is because every haiku that he wrote to us and to, he's been writing them into at least Sunday 16 podcast and possibly to other shows as well to inflict them upon them. Yeah. Um, and uh, as Perry was saying, I think it was just, Perry was getting his hair off uh, because he couldn't make any of them work. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll read Matt's uh, haiku uh, and I'll try to break it into uh uh, syllables as he's written it broken into syllables so you have to kind of imagine um the letters you know broken out that way uh so he said matt says haiku quantity over haiku quality makes podcast long and he didn't break break the g off the l o o o o o n g he just left it on there so i'm sort of adding that G hard G as a fifth syllable, because otherwise it doesn't actually work as Perry would have told us if Perry was here. Yeah. So thank you, Matt Jones. Yeah. And uh, also on the haiku front, yeah, um, there was a haiku that never made the show, and uh, yes. so it never got read. Um, and actually, I was I was chatting to to Graham about about the show, and he uh, he, he commented on my ability to completely destroy any kind of poetry when I read it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do apologise to anybody that had me read their haiku out. I'm I'm, I'm really really sorry. But that was the other thing. There was some there were some things that when uh, when Graham was reading them out. Um, I'd, I'd read them and then he read them out and thought, oh, I get that now. Um, yeah. It's so, even in my head, I don't read them properly, let alone you know, saying them. Well, we, we got We got a submission from Anthony Rue, which did not make it into the, uh, into the show. And the, and that's because it went to Simon's spam folder, which we can only deduce Anthony Rue. It might be because you sent it from true at voltacoffee.com, which does not sound in any way suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason it got flagged as it got flagged as a uh, spam. Um, but it did have the subject haiku submission for a contest. Yeah. You know, you think about all the contest and true at voltacoffee.com. It sounds like it's a bit of an advertising thing, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that said, we'll we'll go ahead and read Anthony Rue's submission. Although it's really actually a very good haiku, and it's too bad Grant Graham isn't reading this because it would sound much better. Uh, so Anthony Rue says, "Sun dappled pigeons, auto reflex at ready, oofta like spring dew." So, and then he says, "For what it's worth, if I win the lens." It will live on my auto reflex and never be blamed for the chromatic aberrations of a digital file. Anthony Rue, 
filter coffee, tea, and chocolate. I, f- I feel really bad for that going into spam and we're not, not I, d- I do because it's actually good. really good. <laughs> and Andy was going to put it on a proper auto reflex. Yeah. Uh, which I, that's where mine lives and it's, it's a brilliant lens on that camera. So, oh, well, Anthony, you'll have to just go out and eBay one for 30 bucks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just steal, steal the money out of the tip jar, Anthony, and you can go buy a yeah. auto reflex. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, thanks for uh, sending that in. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry again uh, that it didn't get there. <laughs> but I can say that the, uh, the, the winning uh, haiku that we had from Bernard Sperling was yes. a worthy win all the same. So, I would uh, say yes, yes. It really, yeah. it really is. So, That's and right. and and as you can imagine, Bernard was very, very happy to have his uh, have his haiku chosen. So we've 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 received a haiku from Bernard, which um, I won't read your address in Germany, there, Bernard, which he sent to make sure we could we could get this to you. But I'll read everything else aside from your personal information. Um, so Bernard begins his message with um, the letter J. This is in all caps. <clears throat> the letter J followed by, I think, about 14 U's and then three H's and then another 14 U's, which I'm imagining if I was, you know, I'm of German descent, but I am not a German speaker. And so I imagine that th- I would pronounce this I think I think it's like Yahoo basically, but yeah. to to my eyes it looks like Yahoo, which that works too. That's okay. That sounds like a proper expression of uh, excitement. So huge proper expression of, of excitement. Yahoo! I just listened to the podcast and I am super happy and excited that Graham picked my Graham G R A H M. By the way, I love that as in cracker. Picked my entry as a winner. Graham Cracker. Uh, uh, I had to do not one, not three, but five happy squirrel hops on the spot. I, I wish we had that on video. Uh, I am kind of in the middle of a move and can confirm Murphy's Law as far as it is applicable to my situation. Photo equipment is now partially here and there, and it is always at the wrong location. So it will be some time before I will be able to use the lens with my Konica FS1. Uh, FOMA 100 and Rodinol will be the appropriate choice then. But as a consolation, I will be able to shoot it on my Sony A7R. It will definitely have an outing with the Voigtlander Ultron 40mm to compare it to. As to the Haiku, like Adam, um, I read up on it before trying my Poetic Luck. The website I read through mentioned, in addition to the other requirements, that there should be an element of surprise or contradiction involved. So on one hand, there is the Konica as the quote-unquote cheap star of the Perry G lens outing uh, and following competition, clearly a lone outsider in this context. (laughs) And on the other hand, as a contrast, there is the rangefinder equipment that is clearly preferred by Perry and most members of the podcast. Uh, Leica stands in as an iconic word to represent lenses and cameras used of all brands. The first line not only intends to give a time feeling, but I also tried to find the tone of the Raymond Chandler classics like The Big Sleep to prepare the scene for the entry of Philip Conica Marlowe. 
He might not be polished or refined, but he produces nevertheless results. And at the end, that might be bittersweet for some, he shines. But, oh, sorry. Uh, when I had the haiku ready, I was really surprised by the result. Before trying, I would have never thought I am able to create something even halfway decent. But uh, isn't this very similar to photography where our results also surprise us sometimes if we had just tried something new? Uh, it might also not be repeatable. <laughs> Many thanks to all of you for the competition and for keeping us informed and entertained week after week. Please send the lens to my German address, not being read. Very best regards from happy, happy, happy Bernard. P.S. I am very happy with the pronunciation of my name, German, English, French, or any other. All are good for me. Well, all right. That's, that's, that's great. And thanks. Uh, for, thank you, Bernhard. Bernhard. <laughs> I'll pronounce it phonetically in English. Burn hard. Bernard. Burned. Yeah, that, that's, Burned. That, it's going to go to a good home. And it's going to go to a good home. That's, that's just really good news. And uh, yeah, just, that's just, good news. And just so you know, um, I picked, I realized that you were a Sony shooter and I'd actually sent out an adapter um, to Perry so he could use it on the, on his Sony. And, um, and I was thinking on the lines of like, well, there you go. Perry can have a have a conic adapter for a Sony, but no, I th don't think Con uh, Perry wants to use a conical lens ever again. Oh, <laughs> so he's sending he's yeah. sending off the yeah. exactly. He goes, what does oh. Bernard does Bernard uh, use Sony? And I I, I quickly uh, checked, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's a Sony user. So um, well, I'll I'll send the Ficas adapter off to him then. So uh, so yeah, you have a, a bonus thing there. So hopefully you haven't already got. Uh, one or even better hopefully you haven't actually just ordered a, a an adapter yeah because, right um, you'll be able to use it straight off um when it when it when the parcel arrives so i i, I just realized that you know we're calling him bernard and it's really bernhard which i'm pretty sure is like calling you know vladislav vladimir it's actually two different names so and of course bernhard being a nice, mild-mannered German man is not going to correct us on that. So, thank you, Bernard, for <laughs> <laughs> letting us say your name wrong repeatedly for the past two weeks. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, so that, that's it. Here, here endeth uh, the uh, the haiku competition. Thank um, God. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it was that was fun. That was fun. Um, okay, so uh, we've we've got some more emails as well, haven't we? We we do. We have uh, wow. We have at least two very long emails. <laughs> uh, uh, good thing I have my uh, who's this from again, John? Um, I have my Gatorade bottle with John me Bruning. here, John. Yeah, John. I just want you to know, I don't usually drink Gatorade because it's just basically a gigantic vat of corn syrup. And I try not to have that in my diet. Um, but I'll have you know that I, I did uh, my uh, – we did have a very hot day the other week, and I was out on my bike. And the only time I do drink Gatorade is when I'm, you know, like particularly parched when I'm riding around the city on the asphalt. That's about 110 degrees. So I went and got myself a Gatorade. And I thought, wait now, didn't John suggest that I could use this as my new pee jar? So – John, I have your name written on this Gatorade bottle, and I'm going to think of you every time I dip my member into it to relieve myself. 
on the podcast, which I have not done yet today. But if I do, I'll be thinking of you, John. So I have it right here. Um, Gatorade bottle. Okay. So uh, let's let's do our other. Uh, are there two emails? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got so um, we have. Well, since Perry couldn't be with us, but we've got we've got uh, Michael Epstein. Epstein. Not sure, Mike. We'd know if Perry was here, wouldn't we? But no, he's on vacation in Okinawa. So, Michael, thank you for your email. And Michael's subject says, 8-element Super Tacomar 50mm F1.4. He says, hi, Gas Monkeys. During a recent darkroom session, I was in the process of printing a portrait made on the 8-element copy of my Super Tacomar 50 1.4 whilst listening to the conversation about that exact lens in the latest episode. I was nodding my head in agreement with Johnny's sentiments that the eight element lens is no sharper than the later seven element copies for all practical purposes. I've only had it a short time uh, with both lenses, but to my eye, they're both equally excellent. I'm quite sure in a bind, in a blind test, it will be almost impossible to tell them apart. So I'm wondering what made this lens special. It's not the optical achievements of the eight element super Tecumar that make it stand a standout optic. It's the committed way in which Asahi pursued optical excellence that I find so inspiring. It was an expensive lens that was difficult to construct due to the cemented curved triplet. Asahi rumoredly is what were rumored to have lost money on every copy they produced. I think that's BS, but yes, true. They were rumored to. Um, they were determined to build the greatest 50 millimeter optic that money could buy at the time. Uh, and two years after releasing it, it was broadly accepted that they had achieved their goal. The seven element Super Tacomar was pr- introduced thereafter. It was cheaper to build and conceded very little, little in optical performance. No doubt, had Asahi known what they could achieve with the newer layout from their earlier stage, we'd have never seen the eight element version, but that is common thread in the progress of technology today. That sort of commitment to progress is largely lacking in the camera industry. We get loads, lots of new lenses with lots of new acronyms that offer the same old performance. I guess that my only real point to this letter is to say that the eight element super Tecmar should not be derided as an overpriced and overrated lens, but rather an inspiring product that deserves its place in the storied history of photography. Uh, I was fortunate to find a beautiful copy of the eight element version for $95 Canadian. He says approximately 70 us at a store in Vancouver, which I thought was reasonable after looking it over and satisfying myself that, all was well with the copy. I happily headed over to hand it over the cash and walked away with the lens. Then I decided I needed a nice black spot matic to go with it, which I picked up on the bay for a little over 150 USD, including shipping. Came with an equally excellent seven element version of the 51.4 Super Tac. I'm enjoying both the lenses and the body a great deal. The spot matic has the spot matic and both Super Tacomar lenses have a really beautiful and high quality feel to them. I've attached a snap of my prints drawing in the darkroom as well as a scan of the same negative. Thanks for the great show. Keep going. Cheers, Mike. And the photos he sent 
are really worth a look. They're they're quite nice actually. They are. Yeah, they're they're really nice shots. Um, yeah. So it's very very good good find there on that lens. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, it it it's you know I I don't disagree that it's uh, it's a really nice lens. I just think that the margin of difference between it and the later versions is too little to justify the extra cost but it's no it's a beautiful lens absolutely yeah i i i'm in exactly the same same place so we've i think we may have even talked about it either last week or the week before yeah um i can't tell the difference uh but i mean i've yeah. got the eight i've got the the next one along the third the third generation if you like the, the which is the super multi-coated uh, version right it's got eight aperture blades yeah um which i've actually started you i've used that for a couple of like camera porn shots uh, oh have you recently yeah yeah that's a nice um, lens and it is it is it, and this is one of those things isn't it you know you've, you've you've had a lens and you've loved it and then you sort of forget to forget to use it or other things have just gone to the to the top and then you you dig something out and you're thinking oh this is actually quite good but it but it also demonstrates just how many good lenses there are especially 50s they're just so yeah. good 50s yeah 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 yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a nice lens. My my, I think I might have mentioned my copy. Sadly, which I got mine cheap. I think I got mine at a camera show and noticed the, you know, the typical dead giveaway that the the infrared mark was inside the four, yeah, rather than outside it, and they had the rear element bulging in the back. So it seems like they still turn up. It's not like this lens mm. is a unicorn. I mean, they turn up, um, but of course, my copy, I got into a bike crash um with that camera in my bag and it didn't destroy my spotmatic but it broke the meter uh wiring probably got jarred loose and i put a dent in the panoprism on top and the front of my lens i need to send it to get serviced so i can sell it um because the front of my the basically the front optical block of mine is just kind of wobbly so it took a took a hard hit and it needs to be repaired but well, nice sense to have i'm always i'm always happy when they, they 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 turn up for me um yeah but i've had i've had quite a few of them now and you know I, i'm always happy because they usually did have because they've turned up and they, they haven't been identified for what they are and, yes and they are certainly more i think more of interest to the the collecting market and those users that like to have that extra bit of history, which uh, right, um, which is what we just right. just been talk, talking about there. But in terms of as a user, um, yeah, my uh, my slightly yellow super multi coated um, is the one that I keep because I just don't see any reason to keep the more expensive lens when it doesn't actually do anything more for me, and, and in some respects it does less because it's it's a six blade uh, lens. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'd I'd rather have eight at the end of the day. Yeah, and my and my go-to, I don't. <clears throat> the eight element that I have is not actually the one I carry around when I do this. I actually carry the last version, which is the SMC, the one with the rubber yeah. ring on it and the extra pin for the auto aperture camera. So I I I like the, <clears throat> I prefer that one to the eight element only because I mean I think sharpness wise they're again they're no different, but the coatings are better, and I find that it doesn't flare. It, it, it's it that I find the eight element will flare quite a bit um, and unpredictably so. And the SMC version just does not flare as much and certainly 
not in unpredictable ways. So I ended up I ended up using the the SMC because it just I find it to be more um, dependable in terms of flare performance. I guess you would say, but which I, I don't I don't want flare. In other words, I'm not the guy. I, I'm the person that tries to avoid flare, not not to seek it out. I, I so. really like flare, but the the, the 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 thing for me though that lens I've seen. I've seen them pop up occasionally, and uh, and they, you can actually pick them up in some ways cheap, cheaper than the, uh, the the previous versions. Um, yeah, but they they're just quite uninspiring to look at. Yeah, I, I, that's a fair criticism. It because it's got it just looks like a it's just got a basically a you know rubber grippy non raised checkerboard checker checkered hmm. grip on the front, as opposed to that like the version you have has that nice scalloped metal. Yeah, Ring. I mean, and that's and that for me has always been the 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 appeal of the of that era of uh, Takamas uh, by by Pentax. Mm. Yeah, you know, the, the, just the construction of them, the feel of them. I mean, I'm sure that yours focus as the focus action is no different. I'm sure. No, it's totally um, the same. But yeah. they're just 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 they're just such nice pieces of engineering. Um, yeah, and, they uh, are. Yeah. yeah, it's hard not to love them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. We we I think we've got two more, haven't we? I think we do. Uh, why don't we get? Um, well, there's one that says Pentax talks in the we. Yeah, there's Pentax. I want to do that one, and then we'll do the that's the last one for the last there. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. So uh, email from Daniel Dodd. Uh, subject: Pentax talk. Hello, great to hear more Pentax talk in episode eighty-six. I'm saving up for a six by seven. With the 100 millimeter 2.4, this is the 105, right? I think that's what it means, yeah. That's what he meant, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, as my first medium for my camera, I recently bought some early K mount glass, the 8518 and the 30 2.8. The 85 is pretty good. I still don't know if I like it over the, uh, the Nikkor 85 1.8. Either way, for a decent 85 millimeter, these can still be had cheap. The 30 is a keeper, though. Uh, it's my new favorite with you. Walk around lens. I might eventually go for the 31 millimeter limited, but comparing shots on film, I don't see a big. I think, I think he means 40 millimeter. Did they make a 31 limited? Uh, it's news to me, but. Okay. They do, they anyway, some, but they do some strange. Yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily say them. They do. They, they yeah. They do some strange things over there at Pentax, um, but I don't see the big difference. Early K lenses, chaps. What are your thoughts? Greeting, greetings from Berlin, Daniel. Oh well, uh, optically great. I think leading, following on Simon's statement a moment ago about the super multi-coated versus SMC version of the M42 Takamar where it still has the metal ring. I, I mean, I just, I find the K lenses to be, uh, they feel cheap. <laughs> I don't know how, what else to say. They're great optically, but I mean, a lot of them have literally plastic front barrels and they just, they feel really cheap to me. Um, okay. I was going to say, well, there's a question there about what what you're actually classing to be a an early K mount lens because the certainly the the later the PKA lenses, they're, yeah, they're pretty nasty. 
Yeah, um, they really are. Yeah. I I guess the early ones are probably more similar to the last model SMC Takamar stuff for M42. They're probably not that much different. Um, no, I don't. I don't think they are. I mean, I yeah. they, they, they're not. They're not lenses I'll come across. I come across the Pentax M lenses. Quite, oh, quite yeah. A few of them, yeah. Which is the next one along, if if you like, the one that the, the predates yeah. the PKA lenses. I think they they they're quite decent. So, yeah, um, they're they're okay. I, yeah. I I I I to me, I all of the came out stuff feels a little to me. All of it feels like a step down from the M42, just in terms of like like build quality. Yeah. To me, n- none of them feel quite as nice as the m42 stuff just because they're but optically i'm sure optically no they're as good if not better absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely um there is there is one um legend in last i was thinking about there's quite a few legendary ones in there because you've got like the uh the hollywood distagon um is that a 35 f2 is that and i think there's a few other yeah weird and wonderful things where there was a tie-up with zeiss so um and I can't quite remember what they are, but they are they are very very well sought after and very very highly regarded lenses. Um, but the other the other one which we've we've mentioned on a couple of times, we certainly mentioned it on the the twenty eight millimeter show ages ago. Yeah, um, and that is the original. Uh, tw- so it's uh, SMC, uh, not a Pentax M, and it's the twenty eight millimeter f three point five. Uh, which is a stunning lens, yeah. And uh, and that that was a that 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 was one of those when you when you get into using old lenses and you and you're researching them and you're, you're you're trying things out and 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 so on. Every now and again, you'll you'll come across a milestone uh, for you, and uh, that lens was a milestone for me because I was thinking, well, why? What's what's so interesting about an f three point five twenty eight millimeter lens? And I saw how much they were being sold for on eBay. I'm thinking, Oof, they're going for big money. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what's going on here? It's not even a two point eight, you know. And uh, the lens that came after it was the Pentax M, and it was a it was a two point eight, and it's it's an okay lens. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just another. 28 millimeter lens from one of the major manufacturers so it'll do exactly what it works in exactly the way you expect it to it's perfectly decent but the 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 3.5 is like twice the size of it you know it's it's the 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 pentax m is like a it's like a pancake lens compared to the 3.5 which again that sort of makes your head scratch i mean why why is a slower lens twice the depth it just doesn't doesn't make any sense well i I mean i've I don't know if I looked into the design of it or not, but it's it's certainly there's something going on there that's 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 different, and it wasn't repeated going forwards. And that I've I've took a few shots of that lens, and it really was excellent. There's no two ways about it. But it, it goes for good money. But it, it's it's that point about you know slower lenses, you know, and I'm 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 really guilty of this kind of kind of thing. But you know, slower lenses can not only be as good they can be better than the than the faster lenses yeah. and i think that's an example of, uh, of 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 that of that yes indeed yeah i think you're right yeah so uh that's it's it's almost like a sleeper lens and it could be one of those things where you might see one of those things on the camera and it looks pretty uninteresting but you've you've got a, a they're pretty rare as well but uh yeah you could be you could drop on with one of those if you see one of those yeah yeah indeed um, there is, in fact, the the uh, the limited lens in thirty one millimeter. Um, so yes, that which looks like a great 
a great lens. Those all those limited limited lenses are very nice. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So one, one. Have we got just one? one yeah, just one. Just one more. Uh, let me scroll back up a teeny bit. It's from Nigel Clev, and the subject is street photography. Oh, oh, we can't do this, though, can we? Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. Oh, okay, it will go against, <laughs> against Perry's wishes. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a it's a listener comment, isn't it? So yeah, that's okay. that's fair game. And if anything happens to like get discussed like about like street photography, like then, you know, like we'll just go with it. I totally miss that joke, Perry. I'm sorry. Um, now I got to scroll back down. I was looking for all the likes. Okay. Uh, we have, where is it? Oh God. Where did I? Nigel Cliff street photography. I understand why in these times that's that photographing kids in public is fraught with danger, but it's sad that there will be no 21st century versions of the wonderful street kid shots that Bert Hardy took in the middle of the 20th century. Nigel. I actually kind of hope that in the 21st century, there's no kids, but you know, that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll just go extinct. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, no, but, it's, but it's, it's, it's right though, isn't it? I mean, he is. It's no, a, it, it's that age yeah. of innocence lost, isn't it? You know, it, it, no, it absolutely. He's absolutely right. I mean, it's there's going to be a whole. Well, I mean, arguably, there's going to be a whole era that maybe just dissipates into vaporware that is missing, and there people someday in the future are going to be like, oh, these people made all of these did this thing where they would make these images of, of, you know, they would use this device and reproduce these moments. And then we're going to hit the digital era, which will have somehow gotten like, you know, nuked in the uh, Android Holocaust or something. And it will just, there will be no record that there was ever digital photography. And they'll just think photography was something we stopped doing. Uh, So there's that possibility when the, you know, when the terminators come through and destroy everything. Um, but no, he's sort of right. I mean, it's like there, there, there may be this whole missing era of, you know, street urchin photography that no longer exists. Okay, so that's the emails done, and I've got to say, I'm I'm not feeling too well today. So, and I did actually want to talk about something I've been trying to talk about for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, right. Um, and I think. I think I'm going to park that one again. Um, and that was a, a, you know, quite a positive digital story that, uh, um, uh, our, our best, fi- best vintage friend, f- friend, uh, Ricardo. I couldn't remember. Yes, your Ricardo. Name, uh, Ricardo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's, he's, he's been hoping that we're going to say something nice about digital, uh, eventually, because we've done a lot of film talk lately and, uh, you know, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, we, we talk digital as well. And I wanted to talk about digital. I want to do a bit of a, a, a quite a positive story about digital, but, uh, um, I, I don't think we're going to, well, we're not going to do that today. Um, yeah. but it will, it will come. And I, because I do want to talk about that experience. I'll have uh, great things to say about my X100S next time I remember to put a memory card in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that as well? Um, okay. So what we're going to do, um, this is going to be a relatively short show by our stands. In fact, we've just, just been uh, talking off air to say, you know, are our shows getting too long? And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's this thing that, you know, the, the, it's almost as if like we're trying to hit the two hour mark. If there's that, that 
feel about it. And sometimes it goes over, sometimes it doesn't quite get there. But, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Well, certainly last week's show was very long, but there was good reasons for that being long because of, you know, we had to get through a, a lot God of... Goddamn uh, haiku. Haikus, yes. <laughs> so um, no more haiku competitions. You'll um, everyone will be <laughs> glad, glad to hear, um, except Bernhard. Uh, Bernhard will be probably quite disappointed about that now. Um, um, so... Uh, yeah, let us know what you th- what you think about that um, about length length of shows. But is something- it too long, <laughs> or is it just right? Yes, um, and um, yeah, because I mean, different. There are different people that listen to the show as as much in the same way as there are different audiences to to the to this show, and some people prefer one type of subject yeah. and some others. And yeah, we try to cover as many bases as we can, but we know we can't please everybody all the no, time, so it's not worth no. trying. We can't please everybody with our long throbbing podcasts. <laughs> But again, there are people that, that have long commutes and have spent that's, hours, that's true. hours in jobs that are quite tedious and they'll listen to them on headphones and yes. long drives and, and all that kind of stuff. And then there are some people that are going to be, yeah, they can only listen to things in snippets and there are, there are other podcasts out there um, and you know, they are, they're going to be equally, if not more enjoyable than their own. And, you know, and it, it causes people to make decisions uh, which, true, which podcast true. to listen to and, and, and so on. So, I mean, I've, I certainly have that, that dilemma. There are shows I used to listen to that I don't anymore. And then there are other shows that um, I'm, I'm just on catch up. It seems so. Uh, yeah, be interesting in, in hearing any 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 views on that one. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, so we're going to start uh, winding the show down, and I want to say thank you to those people that have donated to us since uh, the last time. And we we'll just need to check the date. When did we do the last show? That was on the thirtieth. Okay, so we've had. Yeah two people donate to us um, and they're both regular donators um, so that's uh, Lawrence Dunn and James Thorpe so thank you very much to the two of you that's it's it's really appreciated uh, no comments I would say like regular um, don't donate don't donors keeps on donators that's just not a word is it <laughs> so, uh, so, so there, there we go so uh, so Johnny have you got any shout outs this week oh uh, no, not in particular. Um, well, I guess I have a couple. Well, I saw I, I saw Robbie brief. Robbie Robbie's been away, so I haven't seen Robbie J as much. He's been working a lot. Robbie J, you work too much. Daddy, you work too much. You've never heard that, have you, Robbie J? I bet you have. Daddy, you work too much. Um, so I saw Robbie J this week, which was nice, and I saw Bob Matter this week, which was nice. I haven't seen Bob, so I, um, I don't know. I saw a lot of other people too, but you guys know who Robbie J is, and you know who Bob are. So. And hey, that's the point, Robbie J. Um, Robbie J. bought an adapter off me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, that, I don't know if if you've received that yet, or whether it's it's still uh, in the air, or I mean, it should certainly be on the on on the mainland by now. Um, and there's a there's a Tunnox caramel in that box as well. I've spoiled the surprise if if you <laughs> if you uh, if you're hearing this first. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but 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 that's all right. You you're sending it to Chicago. So I'm in the rat to lead it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that, that's that's another. I'm going to do a quick plug for my uh, for my site, which is Simon Forster Photographic dot co dot uk. 
Um, and I've I have just literally today um, marked down a load of prices on my FICAS adapters because I'm not going to be having any more <laughs> FICAS adapters. Uh, mainly wow. because it insults certain people in Italy. Um, <laughs> I, actually, um, I did actually find out what what that was about, and um, because there's a chap called Sandea Lynch um, who we had on the Large Format Photography podcast, which is an excellent podcast that goes out twice a week. Um, and uh, and I was chatting to him before we actually recorded the show, and I, I mentioned uh, about Firecast being a bit um, <laughs> of uh, prob- problematic, and uh, and he speaks Italian. And, oh, uh, and the, he un- he understood it, and it's got, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's got it's something to do with female figs. Wow. Uh, yeah. so, so he so this has been confirmed by a native speaker. Uh, well, he's not a native speaker, but uh, okay, okay. He, he certainly knows it well enough to know that female figs are, are a bit off limits in in Italy. Oh, so, uh, okay. So, 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 so there, there you go. That was uh, that. But um, anyway, yeah, on my on my site, um, I've reduced them. I will reduce them on my eBay page as well. But I'm going to uh, leave it a few days before I drop the prices on on eBay. But that said, the prices are always a little bit cheaper on my on my site anyway because uh, there's fewer costs in there. So I just pass that cost on, uh, or that saving on. So uh, you can save a little bit of money there. So that's Simon Forster, photographic.co.uk. <laughs> and if you're at Central Camera in Chicago, you can buy some very nice uh, adapters. What are the ones you used to sell, Simon? KNF. KNF, you can buy some very nice KNF adapters thanks to Ben Kudo, who is uh, now the yeah the Kudo Camera Company. The Kudo Camera Company. We have a whole we have a whole bunch of adapters that we we got from Ben. Uh, the boss has been away for a bit of time. He's not feeling too well, so he's been away, and I've been spending his money. <laughs> and I bought a bunch of adapters from Ben because <laughs> we didn't have any. We didn't have any adapters. People kept coming in for lenses, and I can't show them lenses on their camera because I don't have adapters. So I got a bunch of adapters. So I have a bunch of KNF beautiful, beautiful KNF adapters from Kudo Camera Company now at Central Camera. So come on in and get them. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So outside of this podcast, how can people keep up with the things that you do? Uh, you can uh, catch up with me on Instagram at uh system photography where you can go and see my instagram my latest instagram story my little video of the walking stick so you can go check that out um so you can catch me there you can also catch me at the aforementioned whilst you're watching that video you can catch me at the aforementioned did i say that right you did okay uh Central Camera Company in Chicago, um, where I'm happy to report again things that happen when the boss is away. Well, it actually happened while he was, well, he wasn't away. But I think the guys who cleaned the, um, you know, we get with the big neon sign in front that's you know 20 feet high or whatever. And I think the guys who came out recently and power washed it, who did the cleaning, I think they got the, um, so right below that that neon sign taped to the glass of the front door there was the 995 video transfer sign that was taped over taped over the we do film sign much to the consternation of myself and 
Mr. Bob Matter and lots of other people <laughs> who love the We Do Film sign. So essentially they got the We Do Film sign or the uh, video transfer sign soaking wet. And I think it just sort of like melted off the either that or they just pulled it off because they realized they had got it wet, and ruined it. Um, they took it off. So so for for some unlimited amount of time, the we do film sign is is back at central camera. <laughs> yes. Yay. I'm very, very happy about this as well. It looks much better in people's uh, photos of the front of the shop. So we do film at central camera. You can, you can, you can catch me there uh, every day of the week, except for Sunday and Monday. Um, and you can also send us an email at classic lenses podcast at gmail.com. And of course you can get the podcast at classic lenses podcast.com. And of course, be sure to get the weekly, bi-weekly, sort of weekly, occasional uh, review of the review of the show, um, and you can do that um, also on Instagram, uh, right there on uh, hashtag. Be- well, it's best vintage lens, and you can tag your photos with hashtag best vintage lens, and get featured there. Um, and they like they they you know I've noticed something, guys. You're self-professed Boca fanatics, but more and more you feature actual photography <laughs> on Best Vintage Lens. <laughs> so thank you very much to our frenemies over at Best Vintage Lens on Instagram. Check out their feed. They always have great stuff. Every day they have great stuff that is uh, made with and by classic lenses. Just, uh, Just thought of something there because you just uh, you've 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 said boker instead of uftar um, well but i'm using their nomenclature yeah, that's very true. you were you were yeah. reading weren't you so yeah uh, um <laughs> but i was i was listening to the viewfinder vikings podcast um i think it's i think it's the current one uh, if it's not if it's not the current one, it'll be the one one before, and um, and that's an excellent podcast by the way um, uh, started by sven olaf humberset uh, sven hola olaf oh god <laughs> I'm losing it now. Oh, I, I, no. need some, I need some whiskey. I'll, 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 <laughs> yes, you do. Me. Actually, I really do, probably do. Actually, you, I've, I'm, actually, I'm, you do. You need to go make a hot toddy. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, but he, he was re- recently joined uh, on that show by Ian Barnaby Nutt, um, and uh, so he's he's on on the show now as a is uh, a co-host, um, and uh, that's a good thing. And they had. Uh, Mike, now the thing is, I'm not entirely sure I have to say his name now because it's been, I've heard it spe- said different ways. Uh, but I'm going to say Mike, Michael Bartosek uh, was their guest on there. And um, Michael's doing a lot of uh, ultra low ISO uh, yeah. work with projects and things like that. It's pretty damn fascinating stuff. Um, yep. So uh, it's well worth listening to, the, to that show. And he's also got his own podcast as well. I think it's, I think it's called the, is, is it the Ultra Low? ultra low film podcast something like that oh something like that yeah yeah, yeah. well i'm sure if you google it something will, will pop up um but uh i was i was listening to it in the car the other day and there was a few things that uh, I, I thought were, were really they were they were funny and connected with us but the uh, one of them he was just he was just talking and uh, and then just started talking about uftar it just it just drops <laughs> into the conversation <laughs> <laughs> so so i i wonder now if maybe what we need to do simon taking a page from the M book of 
120 millimeter film outrage. Mm. Maybe we need to declare full scale war on Boca. I don't know. It's just a thought, but you know, Ufta. You know, it, yeah, there's, a, there's a similarity here because you know, there is. It's, it's a word that, that winds you up, and frankly, not many other people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Me. And uh, yeah, and that 120 millimeter thing, that was something that, that it seems to be uniquely um, affecting yeah. M and maybe a bit of Hamish occasionally when he can be bothered. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, uh, we sort of go along and sort of, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's really bad, isn't it? And, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't it be amazing if we did, if if Ufta really did start to sneak its way into the photo vernacular? It would. That would be good. It really would. So I don't know. It's, it's something for a future episode. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll we'll keep on pushing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, one other place where you can uh, hear the show because and, and that's the thing that the sh- if you want the show notes, go to uh, classiclenspodcast.com because the show notes are there and all the links to the show um, and all the things we talk about or some of the things at least anyway. Um, and uh, we're on YouTube as well. Yes, we are. Sort of. Sort our, of. Uh, our voices are on YouTube. Right. Um, so uh, um, it's um, it's mainly Matt that uh, that listens uh, to. Him, so <laughs> he's, he's our main audience. I think he is our YouTube audience. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So any, anything else before I do my bits? No, go for it. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm on Twitter as Simon Four. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. Um, we always hanging out in, a, in our Facebook group which is the uh, Classic Lenses podcast Facebook group and we also hang out in Photography with Classic Lenses uh, which is where, where all this started from um, and I'm sure there was something else uh, don't forget we've got those uh, the, I've dropped the price of adapters on simonforsterphotographic.co.uk um, there was something else there was definitely something else but uh, okay it's just another thing that I've forgotten this week um, is that and um, our music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com it's called Octo Blues and that's it so I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and uh, if you can be like Carl